of the hour news as it happens when it happens wherever it happens local regional and global only on q95 the big station q95da.com right on q good morning this is the morning news for today wednesday august the 51st 2022 i'm your presenter hassan robinson here are the headlines Pastor Randy Rodney claims it appears that the law only matters to one sector of Dominica's society and that exposes the frightening reality of the times in which we live. The family of an 11-year-old primary school student, Levi Darcy, is struggling to come to terms with his death by drowning in the turbulent floodwaters in the Castres River last Friday morning. Pakistan's climate minister reports that one-third of the country has been completely submerged by historic flooding, which has killed at least 1,136 people since June. Q, top of the, hour news. the news is brought to you for the very kind compliments of Rudolph Thomas Enterprises. The details of these stories and more coming up next. Only on Q95, the big station. Q95DA.com. Right on Q. Rudolph Thomas Enterprise in Portsmouth, your suppliers of building materials and hardware products. Over 20 years experience in the business. Rudolph Thomas has lumber and plywood, Portland and tile cement, steel rods, galvanized and fence pipe. And Rudolph Thomas can meet all your wire needs. Galvanized roofing sheets, doors, windows, toilet sets, face basins and bidets. PVC piping, fittings and lattice. Check out Rudolph Thomas for ceramic and vinyl floor and wall tiles, nails, nuts and bolts, paint and painting supplies. And check out their line of electrical and hand tools. And Rudolph Thomas is your one-stop shop for hard-to-find items like fiberglass mat and fiberglass resin and welding rods. Go now to Rudolph Thomas on 1240 Bay Street in Portsmouth. And welcome back. First off in the news, it would appear that the law only matters to one sector of our society, revealing a frightening reality of the times in which we live. This from Pastor Randy Rodney sharing his views on the current examples being set by members of the highest offices in our society. Examples that, in the view of many, seem to indicate the perpetuation of a governance style that ensures the ruling regime remains at the helm, even if that means maintaining a tainted electoral process. The only time law matters is when certain people want to bend the law to have one person in the court and harass and, and hung other people. But law does not matter. And, and that is frightening. It's frightening because we, we are already in a place that is, I want to consider, almost ungovernable. Because if you don't have laws, government cannot function like government. Government will function at the whims and fancies of people. And, and for me, something as secret as the whole question of, of the electoral process must be something that the president of, the, of, the, of any country should be interested in to ensure that the, the people go to the polls and the elected representatives are known with fairness. And that was the Pastor Randy Rodney. Meantime, ENT specialist Dr. I.P. Pascal spoke on the roles and responsibilities of the president, which raises questions as to his relevance in office, especially if he neglects to carry out his duties. I was wondering if the president thinks that his only authority is his legal authority. In all of this, I'm wondering whether the president, like anybody in that position, doesn't, or even as a human being, doesn't have some moral authority to exercise in these manners. And I, my opinion is that the president is hiding behind the genius of those who wrote the Constitution to not 
have to put that you have to exercise your moral authority in situations like this in writing. Because if you put it in writing, somebody can always add or subtract something from it. And they left it without putting it in writing. So I think the president is behaving as is because it's not in writing. As if the, the written word is the only way we can communicate. Or we have always communicated. And he disregards the fact that it is there, the fact he's the executive authority. He has a moral authority and a legal authority to lead us and protect us. And if he fails to exercise his moral authority and hides behind the fact that he doesn't have any legal authority, it sounds to me like a dereliction of duty. And my opinion is I don't know what he's paid the $30,000 a month for, if that's what he's paid. I think I'm not sure. I don't have the figures in front of me. But it really questions how can we be paying a president $30,000 a month that doesn't have the testicular fortitude to exercise ni both neither his legal or his moral authority when it comes to issues of national interest. And that was ENT specialist Dr. I.P. Pascoe. And uh, gun violence uh, was unheard of in Dominica, says Paul Barron, former president of the National Youth Council of Dominica, as Barron observes that the legal system is attempting to address the issue in a somewhat reactive manner. Although one cannot investigate the subject of the underground economy without a legal framework, but he also wondered why the government waited until the situation reached at this point. Barron opined that he does not often hear Dominicans speak passionately about the need to address the current issue of gun violence and that it took 20 years to get where it is now, tolerated, and the people now perceive leaders as colleagues with known drug lords and those who may be engaged in illicit operations. It's common knowledge these days to know who has a pistol and who doesn't have a pistol. Hmm. Dominica is a very small, uh, needed community and, and nothing goes on the scene, so to speak. Uh, where we are now is that it has gotten to a point where it is just being condoned. It has become a, a normal way of life in the Commonwealth of Dominica, and it took a, a period of 20 years to arrive at that point uh, by the very reasons that uh, persons see leaders as friends and counterparts and colleagues with notorious drug leaders and, and persons involved in these types of illegal activities. The level of, of those crimes find themselves in our financial systems. Nobody turns you away. If you if you're a sizable amount, somewhat seek to justify your, your source of income, even if it raises a red flag. He continues to say that Dominica is currently in a very bad position and this situation needs to be addressed because if it is not, lives will be lost and families will be torn apart. The community and society is experiencing a level of fear that would not have been the case otherwise. He notes that Dominica used to take great pleasure in being a caring and peaceful country. However, drugs and gun violence will impact our image and our tourism product if the international community becomes more aware of our situation. And we always have to realize that uh, when somebody gets involved in crime, whether financial, whether drug, whether the other ways, the blatant truth is that it becomes a cost to society. It becomes a cost for every one of us. If you look at the incidence of sexual child abuse, every parent now is very fearful of their daughter. I have a daughter, I have to be fearful as well. You see, it, it creates a level of fear among the community, among the society. When you look at the question of gun violence, how safe do we feel when we go out and recreate and to be entertained therefore? It would mean, therefore, that Dominica will be perceived as a, a haven for crime by the international community, and it has the potential of affecting our tourism product. 
because in Dominica, we boast ourselves as being a peaceful and loving nation. When people begin to hear of these incidences of increasing drug violence, gang violence, and deaths resulting of that, it will affect our image and it will affect our tourism product. So if the officials are, are not serious about addressing that, I think that time is now. And that was Paul Barron, the former president of the National Council of Youth in Dominica. And uh, Dominica missed the 2000 information technology train. But according to Bernard Ito, political leader of the Dominica Freedom Party, we now have a second chance of gaining additional income in the knowledge and identification sectors. He pointed out that in the next five to six years, Dominica can train a workforce that can start earning substantial sums of money in regions around the world that are short of the necessary human resources and technical expertise. This is because we would be moving beyond information technology and into a knowledge economy and identification that is taking place around the world. To advance the nation on its platforms, the government must devote the required time, money and energy to its people for this to become a reality. We are in an age of amazing possibilities. The fourth industrial revolution where human life is going to be transformed by data analytics, cloud computing, cybersecurity concerns, data twinning and all those things. We lost the ability in 2000 to jump on the information technology train, which we should have with a competent government who understood these things. But now we have a second shot. In the year 2022, we're moving beyond IT into the knowledge economy, into the cyber economy, into, into data certification of the world, data twinning. We can do this thing. We have smart people. We have a small economy, a small number of people to create good jobs for. The government needs to focus and put in its energies into understanding that pivotal point that is here in human history and to ensure that Dominica plays a role and jumps on the bandwagon to exploit that. It can be done fairly easily. Within five, six years, we can train a workforce who was able to start earning significant sums of money in these areas that are staffed for, for resources, staffed staff for technical expertise around the world. And that was the Dominica Freedom Party's political leader, Bernard Ito. And another perceived shortcoming of the current DLP administration is on inadequate improvement of the lives of the vulnerable citizens in society, and that is now raising concerns. At the media launch yesterday afternoon, one of the journalists asked the president of the Dominica Council on Aging, Ms. Ophelia Olivacci-Marie, about the subvention received from the government to help the council in its operations. She confirmed that the council received a yearly subvention of $16,500, which translates to $1,337 each month when divided by 12 months. Although Ms. Olivacci-Marie did not mention that the government also pays for the facility and the salaries of two staff, she subsequently suggested that this amount should also be reviewed by the government. And we did make that call when it was. We, we were the minister on Friday. And we spoke nicely with our beautiful faces, but we told her how it is. We have to say, let me say quickly, lest it be said I did not say it. Government pays for our office, and government pays for the three staff people that are here. Well, well they pay for two, and then we join the rest by raising funds all the time so that the third one gets gets a uh, hasari okay so so that happens but then afterwards we don't have enough that's why we're always raising funds that's why we're doing radiothon i didn't mention radiothon today yeah. but we want to do a radiothon we also want to do a dinner we do a a love we celebrate love or we celebrate life dinner and then what else do we do 
Yes, we do cakes, and then people send donations to us as well. Ms. Olivache Marie emphasized that the issues of elder abuse, including sexual and financial exploitation, are a further concern for the council. Additionally, she made a tragic point about how the elderly are treated in hospitals and the posture of the justice systems towards protecting older people. Another thing that affects us is the abuse that is still happening among older persons and all kinds of abuse. Financial abuse where they, people try to take their money, sexual abuse where they touch them in places they're not supposed to, they, they rape them, there is violence too, some people cough down older persons and some neglect them. They just leave them on the side of the road if they want to go up to Kings Hill and they will not accept their $5 extra to bring them to their homes. And they're in the hospital and other places like that, they go through some things that they should not go through. Um, they go with their skins clean and they come back out with a whole set of bed sores, which kill, by the way. Mm -hmm. And some who have recently been there have died I am not calling names, but I can assure you I'm not lying. And uh, so you see, that kind of thing hurts. And that was the president of the Dominica Council on Aging, Mrs. Ophelia Olivacci-Marie. And in order to experience a more prosperous and desirable society, we need to get away from misleadership. This is from Leader of the Opposition, Leader Lennox Linton, speaking on Q95's Talk on the Block show, where he highlighted some of the current issues facing the country and that some Dominicans continue to accept as business as usual. He says the issue of ethics, morality and social progress at the expense of an entire generation calls into play the discussion on governance. Because the, when the resources of the state is spent, nobody... Nobody should have to go and line up or ask anybody or look for some favor for anybody for them to get what the state is providing for its children. It's the state's money. It's not Labor Party's money. And when we get to that level of civility in terms of handling the affairs of government, handling the affairs of the nation, when we get to that level of civility where we protect people's dignity and their sense of worth, we will be making serious progress in Dominica. And that's one of the things I want to see. Anywhere else in the world, the people's money is the people's money. And uh, unfortunately, we have to find a way of dealing with it in Dominica. Because it's not right. And we, we, cannot, we cannot build an equitable, ideal, thriving, prosperous society or country. With, with that kind of misleadership, that, that kind of constantly misinforming and, and uh, confusing and uh, abusing people, quite frankly, you know, compromising their dignity and all of that, their sense of worth, with, with all kinds of trickery and deception, you, you cannot do that and expect that we will have at the end of the day the kind of country that we're seeking to build. And that was leader of the opposition, Lennox Linton. And according to Dr. Dave Lloyd of the White Equally Advocate for Viable Environment, if Dominicans continue to lose and destroy the human and natural resources that God has given them, it will not be in their best interest or the interests of future generations. He was speaking on the Lifeline program over the weekend where Lloyd added that both citizens and policymakers in Dominica need to adopt a different attitude towards environmental issues. The whole, I think, the, the, the mindset need to need to need to change, both from the standpoint of, of policymakers and for us as as um, as citizens. Somehow we we don't make the connection with things. We drink a glass of water, 
you know, from the top. And we don't make the connection with the watershed. We don't make the connection with the forest. We don't make connection with the, with the soil. But directly, the health of the watershed, the health of the land is related to our health, human health, okay? And um, if we're seeking to continue to have people living 100 years and whatever and so on in Dominica. And that was the Dr. Dave Lloyd of the White Cicubli Advocate for Viable Environments, WAVE. And in other news, gun violence continues to be an issue in St. Lucia as another young teenage life succumbed to gun violence over the weekend. Here's more. My wife asked me, where is Jovan? Where is Jelani? Where is everybody in the house? So we checked, and only one person that was missing was Jelani. He working at Sanders Run, so he left work at 2 o'clock in the morning. So after that, everybody stayed calm in the house eh, because that kind of control can go outside. After about five minutes past three, I get a call from a girl. She tell me, oh, I just dropped, I just dropped your son there. So, and I heard some gunshots, so check to see. I say, yeah, which home yet? By the time he tell me that, I know it was him. It's a sad situation for us. My wife just left um, this morning to Barbados because my daughter have to go to surgery, um, do surgery in, um, in November. So they went to Barbados to get their visa this morning. And from there, for her to go to St. Louis, Missouri, in the state, for, to, um, for the surgery. And you have no idea what would have led to anybody? Um, well, the only thing I would say is jealousy. Uh, everybody at work love him at, at, the, at the hotel. Jelani Joseph would have turned 26 on November 14th of this year. He Also, in other news, one-third of Pakistan has been completely submerged by historic floodings, which has killed at least 1,336 people since June. As its climate minister says, devastating flash floods have washed away roads, homes, and crops, leaving a trail of deadly havoc across Pakistan. It's all one big ocean, and there's no dry land to pump water out, says Sherry Reedman, calling on this situation as a crisis of unimaginable proportions come and bring whatever food is still available and distribute it and share it. Uh, the parents here have told us that their children sometimes go for a day without eating or two days even and they've got nothing to offer them, not even water in some instances. So that is the sense of devastation that people are seeing, that they, they, they don't know if help is coming at all and if it is, they don't know how long it will take for it to eventually trickle down to people in these sorts of conditions. Yeah, we can see a little boy and, and some other children right behind you Pumza, um, I think that little boy is still smiling as, as we can see him. Um, but it's going to get very difficult if they don't get help soon, isn't it? Exactly. And it's actually um, one of the things that people are keep telling us here is that they had barely recovered from, they were already struggling with the economic conditions. Pakistan is facing an economic crisis where food prices have gone up. So they were barely getting by to start with in these floods have laid to ruin whatever plans they had of trying to to recover. You know, parents especially that we speak to say it is difficult explaining to children why they are sleeping out in the open, why they are having to sleep on the side of the road where it is unsafe, where it is loud, and under um, horrid conditions where it gets incredibly hot during the day, and, and then um, 
um, very uh, uncomfortable still at night. They say there are mosquitoes just along the river bend, so they are worried now that waterborne diseases will, be will begin to come in and they don't even know if there's enough medical care available in the country to be able to address that for them when that happens. And uh, that's the morning news as a recap of the headlines. Uh, Pastor Randy Rodney claims it appears that the law or the law only matters to one sect of Dominica's society and that exposes the frightening reality of the times in which we live. Gun violence continues to be an issue in St. Lucia as another young teenage life succumbed to gun violence over the weekend. And Pakistan's climate minister reports that one third of the country has been completely submerged by historic flooding, which has killed at least 1,136 people since June. The news was brought to you for the very kind compliments of Rudolph Thomas Enterprises. I've been your presenter, Hassan Robinson. news as it happens 